Here we go. We are back with the Big Ten Football Focus Podcast. Your host, Tyler Fessler, rocking with you on a Sunday morning. Happy to be talking to you guys again. Uh, we have now completed our official full week of college football in the Big Ten. There were some interesting games. There were some blowouts. And there were some heartbreaks, and I cannot wait to get in, dive into it with you guys. As stated in previous episodes, we're going to be kind of splitting up our podcast. Instead of doing a podcast where, you know, it's a 40 to 50, 60 minute podcast, we're going to be splitting them into two. We're going to be doing recapping week one, uh, and then a little bit later, we'll be doing a preview of week two in the week. So this this one will most likely be coming out on Monday and then the next podcast coming out, you know, Wednesday or Thursday time. Still working on the dates, but just to give you a heads up as far as the podcast goes, um, we are affiliated with Woos Media. So always be sure to look out uh, for all of our other podcasts uh, across the network. Anyway, so there is that. So we're going to get into everything that transpired in week one uh, and then also where I was right and where I was wrong. Uh, you know, good bets, bad bets. We'll call it something like that and uh, we'll be rolling through it. But I want to start off with... With a game that took place on Thursday night. And this was a very intriguing game uh, for a couple of reasons. Now, because this is a Big Ten football, you know, football-focused podcast, we want to talk about the most intriguing storylines of, of the the season, right? Uh, I would love to be talking about, uh, you know, Rutgers when they take on Wagner, which is happening this next week, but that's just not really that interesting to me. I think Rutgers is going to win. We'll leave it at that, right? So I want to talk about the intriguing games and then hopefully kind of bring to light what, what I saw and why I said what I said in the previous podcast. So we'll start off with that, then we'll jump to the, the bets, and then we'll wrap it up, put a nice little bow on it, and get ready for uh, that preview podcast. So I did say last last week right uh purdue and penn state were going to be playing it was going to be the first big 10 game uh in week one if you want to count that you know there's quote-unquote week zero we had three teams play but this was our first week our first game in week one and uh, the line was sitting at uh purdue plus three and i said we need to take uh, Penn State, right? The line when we were when we were podcasting was Penn State plus three and a half. I was like, okay, I I think that Penn State is going to win by four. My prediction was twenty seven to twenty three. I don't know why I did different numbers. Twenty seven twenty three means that there would have been a missed field goal or a missed extra point. Anyway, so it was sitting around twenty eight to twenty four. Uh, you know, Purdue then gets that uh, interception, and then uh, Sean Clifford puts the Nittany Lions on his back, drives all the way down, scores, and then Purdue unable to to, to, to respond, right? And I want to kind of get into this, and I really think this is what separates the the good teams from the great teams. Okay, And then I would even classify elite teams above that. But I think Penn State is a great team. I think they're poised to have a lot better of a year than what they did last year. Obviously, 7-6 and six, disappointment. A loss to Arkansas in the Outback Bowl. Uh, not not where James Franklin wants to be right at the begin at the ending of the at the end of the season. He wants to be vying for a playoff spot. He wants to be in the talks of Ohio State and Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa. He wants to be up there, not seven and six. I mean, seven and six was was near irre- irrelevance when you're in a Power Five conference. If you're you know going seven and five in the regular season, 
So it was very, it was paramount that he, uh, that they, they start off really, really quick. And I had said, I said one of the keys to the game was really going to be the difference between Clifford and O'Connell for, for Purdue. And I know that O'Connell's been there, you know, he's senior, he's a leader. Uh, they were talking about it. You know, he had been recently wed. Uh, he, he's mature beyond his years. But I just think that Sean Clifford is a little bit better of a talent. Penn State had a little bit more of an infrastructure around him. And I, I really enjoyed watching him. And I said, the difference is going to be, I think Purdue will actually outplay Penn State. But I think that in the when it counts... The, what's going to separate the win from the loss is if Clifford can put the Nitty Lions on his back and make some plays happen. He threw the pick six. That was near devastating. You could have called that game right there. Uh, I'm sure the live line, the betting lines were going crazy. People, Money was flooding in on Purdue. I'm sure it was. But you saw a senior leader put him on his back, drive down the field, get the touchdown, which was able to solidify the win 35 to 31. And then when it was time for Purdue to respond, they got a couple of, of open plays, right? Now they needed to get a touchdown. So their play calling was a little bit different than, you know, just trying to get into field goal range. But you saw that the Nitty Lions, Manny Diaz's defense, pinned their ears back. They were able to get a sack, which was which was honestly the game. Once when they got to uh, Aiden O'Connell, it was over. You could have just stuck a knife in it right there. I mean, I think there was like a minute 10 or, or around that with the sack. Uh, they were getting pressure to him with just four and dropping everyone deep. I thought the Penn State secondary played phenomenal. Uh, I thought that Purdue and Jeff Brom at times, the offensive play calling got stagnant I would have been running the ball when you're up with six minutes to go why are you why are you spreading it out and passing it now all of these things you can say you can criticize each and every decision if you know the tight end makes that catch that that doesn't get overturned now I understand that the ball dragged on the ground whatever they called it a catch. If he ends up catching that ball, maybe we're having a different discussion. Maybe we're talking about, you know, Clifford is 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 not the guy. They need to be looking for someone who's a little bit more dynamic. Why are they not going out into the transfer portal and trying to find someone or recruiting, you know, the top high school prospect, you know, going after Arch Manning, for example. But it's a totally different beat. And we're talking about completely different things now. I don't understand in the Big Ten how you cannot put the ball on the ground and not be able to pick up a couple of first downs to ice the game. It blew my mind. I think that Purdue kind of, I mean, I thought that was, at the six-minute mark, that was the key. Clifford was able to take him down, right? Don't give the ball back to him. And when you're spreading it out, trying to throw it, it just felt like really stale play calling. And maybe you're like, well, they weren't able to run. Uh, what, there, there could be a lot of built-in excuses. Oh, run game wasn't great, blah, blah, blah. You know, the defense second half. All of these things you can, you can discuss. But I think you've got to go back to football basics. You want to keep the ball. And if you're not able to pick up 10 yards uh, just running the ball, then I don't know what we're doing here. I understand you've got playmakers. You have a great transfer wide receiver. You have massive, big, strong tight ends. But you've got to be able to do that. You You've got to, in situational football, it comes down to one or two decisions, and I think that was the difference. And then it came down to Sean Clifford's, you know, putting the Nitty Lions on his back and doing it. I found that very, very intriguing. It was a great game, and I'm excited to see where Penn State goes. I mean, you're looking uh, at their at their upcoming schedule. They've got Ohio this upcoming week, which I think they'll blow them out. And then they're on the road against Auburn. Uh, Jordan O'Hare Stadium, right, down there, War Eagle, Uh 
That's going to be a very intriguing matchup. Then they have Central Michigan and Northwestern. So you're hoping if you're a Penn State fan, obviously five and zero. If you get out of the first uh, little bout with four and one, you're you're feeling good as well. But I really think uh, Penn State can really start making some noise. And then you get a bye, and then you're up against Michigan. It is in the big house, but you get that bye week off. Michigan is not coming off of a bye, so you're a little bit more rested for that game. So you're you're hoping that. Your defense continues to get better. Manny Diaz, he, he is he tends to be on the aggressive side, right? Uh, not switching the the corners, leaving them to one side and stuff like that. Uh, you know, individual matchups and stuff like that. Uh, Penn State's going to be good. I I don't know if they're going to be better than Ohio State or Michigan, but this is a, a good sign if you're a, a Nittany Lions fan that that you're off to a better start than what uh, that seven and six you know season was. Yeah, you beat Wisconsin last year. 16 to 10 to start off the season and you're able to kind of you know go you're able to go 5 and 0 and then you go through some rough patches but I really think that there was a different uh aura around uh, there was a different feel around this this Nittany Lanning team and I'm excited to see where they go going forward if you're Purdue hey it's Penn State uh that it was the first game it's it's always difficult to do that uh you've got Indiana State coming up this week so obviously just take care of business there and then you're looking forward if you're a Purdue fan uh Syracuse had a, a surprising win I actually p- predicted Louisville to beat Syracuse Syracuse beat Louisville uh so that's going to be a, a lot more interesting that week three game FAU than Minnesota so you're kind of in a sub fest you're kind of behind the eight ball now if you're Purdue uh but if you're Jeff Brom you're you're hoping that uh you you get you get through these these tough times right you you're able to work out some of these issues they weren't it wasn't like Penn State was a whole you know head and shoulders above it was a few play calls you make those tweaks I still think they're poised for a really good run especially with Iowa the way that they were looking uh yesterday so those are my thoughts on that game. And then I wanted to just discuss one more thing. Uh, the Indiana-Illinois game, I don't know how much we're going to be talking about either one of these teams on this podcast. I know it's a Big Ten uh, football-focused podcast, but again, we're trying to follow the most intriguing storylines. And I did like the Fighting Illini uh, coming out of that Wyoming win. I was like, this team is legit. They're going to be able to get to possibly a bowl game five and seven. They just need to get over one more game. They've got to upset one person or, or, or whatever, right? And then you're six and six. Uh, Brett Bielema's happy. First uh, bowl game since 2019, first of the 2020s. Uh, before then was 2014. I thought that in that game, uh, the offensive play calling at the very end of the game for Indiana was crisp. And one of my, my biggest annoyances that I have with college football and what, what I have with in, in, in general, and now I know I, I've played the game. My dad was a coach. I, I understand the concepts. And I didn't play at the collegiate level. Uh, I actually ran uh, cross country at the collegiate level. But growing up playing football uh, through junior high, high school and everything, right, you, you can kind of understand, you can just understand concepts. And being around my, my, my father and the coaching it was amazing, right? I, I feel like I really understand the game. One thing that I've never understood is dropping everyone back into deep coverage, this prevent style. Now, I'm not saying you need to be like Todd Bowles, right? Tampa Bay against the Rams last year. Uh, blitz everyone, go a cover zero and leave Cooper Cup uh, wide open to then kick the game winning field goal at the end of the game. I'm not saying be cover zero aggressive. But I don't understand why you allowed you. You're rushing at times three, sometimes four on it. Uh, they weren't bringing any kind of extra pressure. They were bailing out the running back. 
Mack was hitting the flats for Indiana. I do not understand that that idea. You are basically giving them free yards, right? I, I see. I can see so many different analogies. When it's it's like in Moneyball, one of my favorite lines uh, that they say uh, Billy Bean says is, you know, if you're going if they're going to bunt. They're giving you a free out, right? And so just take the free out. Don't be a hero and go to second and then to first. Don't try to get the double play on a on a bunt. Just go to first, get the easy out. What it felt like is that the, that Illinois was giving Indiana, you know, 40 free yards, and then we're just going to tighten up. And I understand the philosophy, Ben, don't break defense. It just felt silly in that scenario. I thought Illinois played so much better. Now, Illinois fans, I understand. You guys might be saying, well, we got robbed of a touchdown. True. But sometimes the ball bounces your way. Sometimes it doesn't. And you've got to be okay with that. You might get a call uh, you know, later on down the season. I believe in the law of averages. For every bad call, you'll get a bad call going your way. right? Everyone against you, you'll get one going for you. Uh, every close game, you'll win a close game. And so I just think that uh, I thought it was silly to be able to do that. Again, this is uh, revisionist history. This is Monday morning quarterbacking, right? Going over, nitpicking every single little idea. That was where my issue was, uh, and I and and it really kind of screws up the season if you're if you're Illinois. Now next week, uh, you know, taking on Virginia, super excited to talk about that game in our preview. Uh, but then you're and then you got Chattanooga. So like I said, if you're if you're Illinois in in our in our previous podcast, three and one uh, with one bye, you're feeling pretty good. But then you've got to go through the gauntlet that is Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota. Another bye, Nebraska, Michigan State. Purdue, Michigan, Northwestern, all of which, I mean, Iowa didn't look great. Nebraska hasn't looked great. Uh, Northwestern, we don't really know because they've only had one game. We don't really know what Nebraska is capable of just off of a one-off game against Northwestern, even though they beat North Dakota. When you started to put piece these things together, they're going to need to get a couple more upsets. It would have been a lot easier if you're 4-0 versus 3-1 and when you're running through this gauntlet. Now, you can make upsets. I have faith in the Illini. I like Brett Bielema. I think this is an exciting team. Run the ball. They have two phenomenal backs, and I'm excited to see. I, I really do like uh, Tommy DeVito as well. I think he's a good quarterback, and I would like to see this team in a bowl game. Uh, I don't want to put this team on the back burner. I don't want to not talk about them just being the punching bag uh, over the last few years, which they have been. Right, four and eight, two and ten, three and nine seasons. We want to see improvement within the Big Ten, uh, and I think this Illinois team is there. Uh, they're on the precipice of. of being a good team uh, right now, they're just kind of middle of the road, below average, five and sevens below average. So they're just trying to get to average to hopefully become a good team. I think that they can get that, but it's going to be, need to be a little bit more aggressive play calling on the defensive end and just not giving uh, Indiana free yardage at the end of games. That's my opinion. Take it for what it's worth. Uh, that was kind of our recap. Uh, I do know uh, we did have some other interesting games. I know the Ohio State-Notre Dame game, uh, a lot of hype around it. I didn't find uh, it to be super intriguing. Uh, I thought Ohio State was going to blow them out, but you know it, it was a lot closer. Maybe Notre Dame's better than what I thought. I didn't give my, Marcus Freeman his flowers uh, because I haven't seen him, right, like dominate anything. This was really his first real game as the Notre Dame head coach. So kind of difficult there. Uh, we'll see if Notre Dame, you know, continues to build in the future. Hopefully they can join the Big Ten uh, instead of just being uh, babies and sitting in the independent uh, conference, right, and actually join a, a real football conference. Uh, anyway, 
Ohio was able. Ohio State was able to win, and uh, they're looking forward going on to the next week. Uh, really, they've got a couple of easy weeks, and then they're looking forward to that Wisconsin game on September twenty fourth. Michigan, Michigan looked great. Played a plethora of players. Interested to see what happens over the next couple of weeks. They should beat Hawaii and UConn. Uh, just you know, briefly, uh, Maryland at times looked really, really dynamic. At times, struggled. To be expected in the first game, hoping to see the Terrapins uh, improve going forward. Uh, Rutgers with the upset uh, was interesting as well over uh, Boston College, and so we're going to start. We'll, we'll we'll start there because I was dead wrong on Rutgers. Uh, I know they went five and eight last year, and uh, Greg Schiano was the the coach before right ten years. Uh, and then he goes into the NFL and, and whatnot. It was interesting because I really I thought that Boston College played well and Rutgers was just able to make the plays at the right time. Uh, I actually had taken Boston College plus seven and a half, which I was just I was just dead wrong on. And so let's jump into that. Where I was, where uh, good bets, bad bets uh, for the week of well week one, uh, the week of September third, uh, we were six and five uh, against the spread, so we had a winning week uh, for the spread. And then on the money line, we were nine and two. The only losses we had is I had taken the Illinois money line. I thought that, that they would win by one. And I had taken the Boston College money line as well. And so we were wrong on those two. Uh, the spread, we were right uh, both on the Penn State game, the Minnesota game, the Michigan State game, the Michigan game, and the Wisconsin game. Uh, we were right on Illinois in the points, right? Uh, Iowa money line, Maryland money line, Nebraska, and Ohio State. Uh, we were wrong. Iowa struggling against uh, South Dakota State. I know a lot of people had questions, a lot of buzz in the Twitterverse and, and on college football. It was such a boring game, I can't even talk about it. I did watch the the entirety of that game uh, I have you know I, I have a couple TVs I set up and uh, that was a brutal brutal one to watch and so I, I'm more so holding my Iowa uh, criticism or skepticism until if you know this next week if they do in fact lose to Iowa State then we're going to kind of dig into the Iowa Hawkeyes thought the Penn State and the, the Indiana game was a little bit more uh, interesting and things that I wanted to talk about. So obviously 6-5, and five, we did well on the spread. Uh, the opening week is is difficult because you've never seen these players uh, play together, this uh, particular iteration of the team. And we were right on the money line. I mean, obviously I thought Boston College would win. Congratulations, Rutgers. I should have uh, went with my Big Ten goggles. And Illinois, uh, you know, if you don't give Indiana all those free yards, you might win, you might win that game. Looking forward into next week. Uh, the opening lines have came out, uh, and we'll be doing uh, that preview of week two coming shortly. Uh, again, if you subscribe on Apple, you know Google, Spotify, wherever you subscribe, you'll be notified when we drop these these podcasts. So be sure to subscribe, uh, not only to my podcast but the entire Woos Media family. And this has been this is this was kind of our recap episode, right? discuss a couple things and then once we get into the preview we can dig into the numbers the statistics and and that uh that's what i felt uh were those were my feelings towards a couple of those games i'm very excited uh to really get into the big 10 season it is difficult when you know you have ohio state playing arkansas state when you have penn state playing ohio I understand that there is a chance uh, that they upset them. Talk to Michigan and Appalachian State, right? Just a 
just a few years removed from that, right? Uh, you, you, there, there is a chance that they upset him, but the vast majority of the time, uh, the favorites win in these scenarios. Maybe not against the spread, but the favorites win. Uh, and so it's very, it's, it's hard to, to, to have nuance and to have that discussion. But once when Iowa, uh, you know, goes to Michigan or plays Michigan at home, and you know, we'll just for the sake of the 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 thought, right? Michigan blows them out. That's that's interesting. Now we're really digging in. Now we're talking about offensive and defensive coordinators. What kind of moves you can make? What kind of you know, what about this? What about that? That's when it gets interesting to me because I can I can go. It's a one to one in my brain. I see it as a one to one. I don't really watch Arkansas State football. Now I will occasionally, right? Uh, throw it on if there's nothing else on. Uh, but I don't really know. Uh, I believe it's Butch Davis down there. I don't even know. I'll have to look up their coach. Uh, but when you when you when you're thinking about these things, it's hard to compare an FCS program to an FBS program. It's hard to compare a MAC team. To a Big Ten team, the comparison is difficult. So I'm excited for the Big Ten season. I think we're poised for a phenomenal season. I would love, 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 love to see a Big Ten team again in the playoff, and I think that we have some very strong candidates to get in that. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, again, be sure to subscribe, uh, and then also hit us up on Twitter. We are at Big Ten Pod on Twitter. Uh, we just launched it so uh, very recently, so we're going to kind of get that up. And run and talking about some things it's a great place for our fans to interact uh we can do questions on there if you guys want to do a mailbag uh this is your guys's podcast i just want to be the the medium of which you're listening and getting your big 10 stuff but if you have a specific question i'd love to dig into the film uh, i record all of the big 10 games and so i can go back look at specific instances we can discuss those and we can really break it down if you want to get into the nitty-gritty or if you just want to talk about big picture and, and talk about you know the expansion of a 12 team playoff or my thoughts on uh, different kind of rivalries whatever you want to do I'm here for it again this is your podcast very excited to be bringing it to you Uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful week be looking for that preview podcast and uh, see you next time